moments. Amen. God bless you in Edmonton this morning and, and other places as well. We certainly love you with all of our hearts and uh, we are thankful to be a part of your meeting and uh, I've been there for many years. We were trying to calculate this morning. We've been there about 20, 20 different times and so we, uh, we have family there and so we love them with all of our hearts and I'd like to greet Brother Harold and Sister Leanne and, and, uh, and Melody and Joel and also, also Wendy and Debbie, their, their children. And so we just love them with all of our hearts and uh, spend a whole lot of time with them. Watched the children, the younger two, grow up and, and uh, had a great time with them and enjoyed playing soccer with, with Joel in the yard a whole lot of times. He was, he was about the size of Isaac at that time. And, as he began to grow, he got, he got to swim, and then he got to have a little motorbike, and, and uh, we love them with all of our hearts. Brother Harold, so I'm so glad to see that you're doing so well. I uh, got a family portrait this week, and, and uh, we, we certainly appreciated that. Brother Ed and Sister Sandy, we love you with all of our hearts. I think it's one of the most incredible compliments that a man can have is when he's been the pastor of a church and there's a legacy that is there, like Brother Harold has been a general through all of these years, that a young man, uh, actually the same age that I am, but, um, Brother Ed has raised up there in the church and been, been uh, filling with as a pastor there uh, for these numbers of years now. and. And I'd like to say this to you, God doesn't regress, he progresses. And so he, he just, he knows exactly how to handle everything. And we're a team. We're a body of believers. We're not a one-man operation. We're a body of believers. Other young ministries have raised up there, Brother Andrew Dodd, uh, Brother Moses. I may miss a couple, but God bless you. I, I'd like to send a hello to Brother Jake and Sister Mary. I... The first time I ever went to Edmonton, I, I got to stay in, in their homes, and, and uh, I certainly enjoyed that. Now, wherever I'm at, I make myself at home. 
I figure if you invite me in, I'm like Jesus. I'm going to make myself at home. And so I, I would go to the refrigerator. I'd go, make, I'd go help with the coffee. And, I, and, and, and Sister Mary actually enjoyed that. And, um, but we had great times there, Brother Dole, all the deacons. And I'm going to miss, generally after Sunday night service, we get to go to Brother Jake's house and we have a feast. And so I'm going to miss that tonight. But maybe Sister Connie will fix that up here on this end. And so <laughs> the luxury of both congregations, you didn't have to get on a plane. You didn't have to make a flight. You didn't have to have hotel rooms. But you've been able to be here. I understand that there's people there that have, that have flew to the meeting that you're gathering there in Edmonton. And I'm glad that you're able to gather again. I, I, I so hope that this COVID just goes away. And, and uh, you know, it was just like here, we had to be under COVID conditions for a while. And, and, um, and we all got our good taste of that. And I'm uh, sure glad that it's over. Amen for, for us for temporary anyway. And so we're glad to have a, a reprieve for just a bit. And so during the reprieve and during your meeting, we're just asking the Lord to just come in a special way. Amen. Sister Terry, I'm actually going to preach. You will hear yourself in the theme of this service. Uh, I, I just, Sister Terry was a country singer. And God sent a man named Don Bablis by her way. And she received the message of the hour, didn't know nothing about God. And here she was in a, in a place called White Horse, which is literally... Well, you can look it up on the map. It's a long way from anything. But God knows how to find you. Amen. And, 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 and if he can take a sister Terry and make a real daughter of God out of her, a lady of grace, uh, he can do that for anybody. And so I'd like to say hello to her. And I'd like to say thank you for the Saskatoon pie next year. Amen. 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 And so we love you with all of our hearts. I'd like to thank you personally as, as I would come and forgive me for making a few announcements, but I'd like to thank you personally to those that are Edmonton and wherever you are this morning. I'd like to thank you for your prayers and your continued prayers for us uh, during this battle of cancer. For those that don't know, we have struggled since last or fought since last year. From Christmas time, we found out last uh, a year and a half ago uh, I had I had cancer and the cancer spread from the lymph nodes to the lungs filled my lungs up and then cancer went into my brain and I uh, still have one tumor was removed that was about the size of a lemon and, and then and then there's two two remaining tumors that are there and uh, brother Nathaniel you would know 16 mm or whatever or and 80 mm is, is the measurements of those. I just found that out this week. But I went to the doctors this week, and they 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 looked at me, and and um, one doctor says he's the sickest man that that comes to his clinic, and he's a picture of health. He said his God's working for him. So, Amen. So, uh, the other doctor, which is the head the head doctor that has taken the case. Uh, uh, which is just an incredible doctor. She has been with us through the whole time. And she just said, we're going to stay the course. She said, nobody's doing as good as you're doing on the medicine. She said, uh, 
you're taking the, the highest chemo that we can give you, and it's working. She said, we can't, we can't bump it up. You know, we don't want to take it away. She said, we're giving you the highest chemo that we can give you. If it spreads, it spreads, you know, but prayers, prayers and medicine is helping it out. God, God takes care of that, and I'm thankful. I'm thankful for that, and I'm thanking you for your prayers and your continued prayers. And, and um, I, I love it when they say nobody's got the same energy that you've got. So, amen. That just tells us that God's working. Yeah. Amen. We want to remember Brother Tim this morning, Sister Karen, and uh, we're, we're praying for the entire family and the body of believers there. We're believing that uh, just as much as he has preached so many times, O thou suffering, stand and be healed. Now we know that God's in control of every situation. And if it's her time to go, there's not a preacher in the world can keep her here. There's not a doctor can keep her here. But if it's not her time to go, there's not a devil in hell can take her life. And so, and so we stand on the promises of the word of God. Amen. And we know, we know we serve a God. And as a reminder, uh, as a reminder, uh, if she takes her last breath, her, their next breath will be in glory. And she'll be having a reunion with many people that she's loved and walked with. And, and God watched over her life through the, these decades. And she's been a real wife. She's been a real mother. She's been a real grandmother. She's been a real friend to the bride of Jesus Christ. She's conducted herself as a queen. And we'd like to say thank you. Thank you, Sister Karen. And uh, we love you. Our hearts are heavy with, with that. And uh, we're friends. Sister Connie and I will be flying out in the morning because I got permission to fly. Amen. And so we're thankful for that. Amen. That's a really, really big deal. Did you hear that, Brother David Mayer? Did you hear it, Brother Tom Ray? I got permission to fly. So, amen. Written permission. And so we're thankful for that. The danger of that is, is the brain tumors would bust. And so... You know, God's in control of all of that, too. And so, amen, amen. If you will remember us, we'll be flying in the morning extremely early. And then, and then we'll be coming home most likely somewhere around Thursday. And uh, that could change, but we, we, will, we will. I would like for you to pray for us tomorrow. Amen. amen. So good to see each and every one of you here this morning. Have new friends with us. We're glad to have you with us in the house of the Lord. Put yourself up under the table. Make yourself at home. Enjoy. Enjoy. Eat. Eat. You don't understand something, just, just lay it aside. After a while, you'll like chicken too. So, amen. We, we love you with all of our hearts. We have a, I have a special friend here this morning, Brother Aiden Horst and Sister Mary. We're so glad to have them with us from Ohio. And uh, Brother Aiden, Brother Aiden had a special miracle happen many years ago, somewhere around 20 years ago. And, uh, and so I, I'd like to share that with you and I'd like to share it with the world if we could do this just for a moment. Brother Aiden was, we were in, in a meeting in Ohio and, um, and we, I was just praying for different ones as, as we were just coming down the aisle. And Brother Aiden stepped out into the aisle and, 
and we both were younger men then, stepped out into the aisle and he had a, he had a back condition that he was there to be prayed for. And so he came to me and he said, Brother Ronnie, he said, I've got a really bad back condition that I have. And he said, he just explained it. He said, my business has went away. He said, and I just can't put it quite like he said it, but I need a financial blessing. So we begin to pray. And I have to say, I've never, ever had another experience like this. But Brother Aiden, as we prayed, I began to pray for his back. In the middle of the prayer, I just asked him, I said, what's your hobby? I just, I just stopped and praying and asked him, I said, what's your hobby? And Sister Mary even asked him, why'd you say that? And I said, greenhouse. He said, greenhouses. I got a green, a little greenhouse. I don't know what size it was then, but it was obviously a lot smaller than it is today. <laughs> Very much smaller. <laughs> you know, God healed his back completely. Brother Aiden, do you mind coming here just a moment? We want to we want to we want to talk about what God's done. You have a microphone. I'm going to ask him a couple questions and Amen. Give Brother Aiden a great big hand. Just for Brother Aiden's a shy man, so I, I'm putting him on the spot here. The whole world's getting to watch you just now, brother. You know, if God is your partner, you better have big plans. And God is sovereign how he does this. He knows who he can trust. He knows who, who will be blessed. And he knows what they'll do with it. Amen. And Brother Aiden is one of the most humble men that I've, that I've ever met. And one of the most godly men I've Amen. ever met. How many children do you have, Brother? We have five children. Grandchildren. Nineteen grandchildren. Nineteen. <laughs> Nineteen and working. <laughs> Amen. How many acres is your greenhouse now? The greenhouse is five acres. It started off with a 10 by 20, if that was your question earlier. <laughs> 10 foot by 20, and it is now five acres. The governor came to your, your place, too. It wasn't necessarily what it was. Uh, Sonny Purdue, the agriculture uh, guru, I'm not sure what you would call him little old farm boys like us don't know those terms but he did there was another uh, just below cabinet member that came as well and we were too ignorant and dumb to know all these high fluting people so I guess you'll just have to kind of <laughs> forgive our wording here but they, uh, they called a couple days before they came and said now uh, we want to come in there and check you out uh, the day before Sonny actually comes and I said well maybe this is a little bit more than what I expected so they came in there three or four guys and checked everything out make sure we weren't going to do anything funny <laughs> so 
the next day they came in with their crew and there was, I'm kind of guessing a little bit, but between three and four dozen people with the media and the protectors and everybody else that was there. <laughs> so it was pretty amazing to us. So he was sharing with me with this last night. He says, you know, we get everything ready under this five acres of greenhouse. And he said, then he said the day before we open, nobody's there. And they have nine cash registers. And I guess yeah, ten. They have nine cash registers, 10 cash registers. Thank you. The fields are full of cars. We're talking about hundreds and hundreds. Of, and even they have food trucks actually come out to be able to feed the people that comes. And, uh, and God just continues to let it grow and be blessed by it. Amen. That's right. And it's all God. It's all God, absolutely. And those hands. And those that pray for us. <laughs> it's absolutely interesting that that we're on the subject of an unlimited God. <laughs> I didn't know Brother Aiden was, and Sister Mary were coming. He has something on his heart that he is praying about and so amen. We're, we're just thankful that we can be a part of his life and, and uh, thank you for being here. Amen. We love you with all of our hearts and Amen. I believe those miracles need to be shared. Amen. We're living in real supernatural times. and You know, if God can do that, he can perform a resurrection. Amen. And we're reminded that 14 years ago, this man that's preaching to you this morning was brain dead. And, and they were going to harvest my organs in hours. And I woke up. Because I needed to preach to you this morning. Amen. Amen. And that didn't happen in a backwoods hospital. That happened at UVA. And so, Dr. Walter said these miracles are the most documented miracles that can be. And so, we're just thankful for what he's doing. And we are reminded that cancer's not big enough to, to whip my God. And so, amen. God bless you this morning, and God bless you in Edmonton. We will do our best, and uh, we just have some things on our heart that God has spoke to us about. Thankful for last night's service. That, to me, I've heard, I've heard a, I'm not degrading anybody, but I've heard a lot of people attempt to speak on a phoenix. But last night, I believe, was one of the greatest, greatest masterpieces I've heard on that. If you haven't heard it, go back and listen to it. Rising from the ashes. And if we all look at our lives, we're a part of that. And uh, amen. If you just look how the uh, burnover of our lives is, and God comes down and takes the old man, makes a new man out of him. And amen. We all are, can testify of his mercy and his grace and his love. And he's still in the saving business. And he's still in the healing business. And he's still in the giving the Holy Ghost business. And so, amen. Let's stand to our feet this morning. and. Amen.
thank you for your patience with us. And, and uh, you know, I, I realize I realize in a convention services, sometimes we get a little bit longer. And you just be patient with us and enjoy this. You didn't have to fly 16 hours to do it. So you're here. God bless you for being here. And you pull on the word and God will help us all here this morning. I'd like for us to turn this morning to Genesis chapter 13 and verse 14. And I'd like to look on an unlimited God. And I'd like to give it a title too as well. From the Lamb's book, we have a purpose to overcome. Amen. Our purpose is to overcome. Genesis chapter 13 and verse 14. These scriptures are for background. And the Lord said unto Abraham after that Lot was separated from him. Lift up now thine eyes and look from the place where thou art northward, southward, eastward, and westward. For all the land which thou seest to give will I give it thee, to thee will I give it, and to thy seed forever. And I will make thy seed as the dust of the earth, so that if a man can number the dust of the earth, then shall thy seed also be numbered. Remember God speaking to a man that doesn't have any children and it's impossible for them to have children and God's giving him a promise. Amen. Chapter 15 and verse 1. And after these things the word of the Lord came unto Abram in a vision saying fear not Abram I am thy shield and thy exceeding great reward. And Abram said Lord God what will thou give me sin that I go childless? And the steward of my house is Eliezer of Damascus. And Abraham said, Behold, to me thou hast given no seed, and lo, one born in my house is mine heir. And behold, the word of the Lord came. Now listen, not the word of his friend, the word of the Lord. Came unto him, saying, This shall not be thine heir, but he shall come forth out of thine own bowels shall be thine heir. And he brought forth abroad and said, Look now toward heaven and tell the stars if thou be able to number them. And he said unto him, So shall thy seed be. So counting sand and counting stars. We realize the stars is the first Bible in heaven. And he believed in the Lord and he counted it to him for righteousness. And he said unto him, I am the Lord that brought thee out of Ur of the Chaldeans to give thee this land to inherit. Amen. Genesis chapter 22 and verse 14. And Abraham called the name of the place Jehovah Jireh. As it is said to this day, in the mount of the Lord it shall be seen. And the angel of the Lord called unto Abraham out of heaven the second time. Notice these words now. And said, by myself have I sworn. You've got to swear to the greatest. And remember, there is no greater than God. So he swore to himself. Saith the Lord, for because thou hast done this thing and hath not withheld thine own only son, that in blessing I will bless thee, and in multiplying I will multiply 
Thy seed as the stars of the heaven and as the sand which is upon the seashore and thy seed shall possess the gates of his enemy. And in thy seed shall all nations of the earth be blessed because thou hast obeyed my voice. May you, you can be seated. May the Lord add the blessing to the word. Amen. Brother Andrew sent me this, this this morning and I want to just share it with you if you can. God knew who Abraham was. But God challenged his faith so that Abraham could know who Abraham was. Did you catch that? God knew who Abraham was, but God challenged his faith so that Abraham could know who Abraham was. Now you realize I'm not just going to preach on Abraham this morning, but we're going to, we're going to get to your house. Now, I want to just share something with you as I just read dust to stars and uh, count the st sand. I was, I was at Brother Kelly Hildebrandt's and I saw this coin and I very much liked this coin because it was a, it, it, it meant something to me. And uh, it has a, it has a pebble of sand in it. And it's a special coin. It's a D-Day coin. And it's commemoration of World War II D-Day. And it was Operation Overlord. And uh, I liked it. Of course, it was a, it was a limited edition. And uh, no way I could get my hands on it. But I'd invited Brother Kelly to come here last, last uh, November before before the cancer struck. And uh, Brother Kelly would generally come in the day before of the meeting. And Brother Kelly flew to from Saskatoon to Calgary and the plane was delayed and then it was, he canceled and he couldn't come. Then the next day he flew to Toronto. Uh, then he was, was told there that the planes were canceled and he wouldn't be able to be here. So Saturday night comes and I speak and I take Brother Kelly's place and, and I speak a sermon God had spoke to me, don't worry. That has been a resounding sermon that's been in my heart, don't worry. This was before anything, the, any diagnosis that was going to take place. And, and so anyway, Brother Kelly was not going to get here on Sunday morning to be able to speak. So right in midway of Saturday night service, I just said, well, instead of having Sunday morning, we'll have Sunday night. And so, and so Brother Kelly arrived, and, and remember, I remember the words. I said, Satan is trying to block the visitation of the message that he is to deliver. Sometimes we come to church and we think, well, that's just a man speaking. But if it's a man is, has a Holy Ghost ministry in his life, it's more than a man speaking. He's speaking as an oracle of God. And the Word is a discerner of the thoughts and the intents of the heart. And so literally it becomes personal to every person in the building. Brother Kelly would come on Sunday afternoon and, and Brother Kelly would... As he stepped to the pulpit, I didn't know anything. As he stepped to the pulpit, he, he says, I've got a special present for Brother Ron. 
and it's this coin. And that night he preached a sermon from this coin, and this coin is saying Operation Overlord. It's a D-Day with a piece of sand in it. It's going to mean more to you in just a moment. And it's a it's an Eisenhower statement that says, we will accept nothing less than full victory. So I take this very personal. Cancer stole a lot of things away from me. But I'm going to take back everything that it stole away from me. Not me, but God is going to take back everything that it stole away. And we will accept nothing less than full victory. sand there was a man from this church that ran the beach at Normandy Amen. he ran that beach and he said when I, when I left the boat he said friends begin comrades begin to die around me and he said the water turned red and he said I couldn't understand why I lived as I got on the sand, he said, he said, hundreds of lives were perishing in seconds from those big guns. And he said, all I knew to do was keep running. And he said, I made it through the water. I made it through the sand. I made it to the wall. And he said, I asked myself, how did I get here? And it would be many decades later that he would be sitting in this church and he would be sitting about where you are, Brother Roger, and he would be sitting there and he heard a sermon on predestination, how God watches over you and watches over your life and he protects you and your life is orchestrated and, and driven by God. And he said, I realized when I ran that, I ran that run that day and I always questioned in my life, why did I live? And all of those others didn't live. He said, I realized that I had protection with God. So that one piece of sand means incredible amount to us. There's another little article. I've got many more. I'd like to share a couple of more next, maybe next week. But a brother Jackson in in Texas. Sent me a, a badge that I could wear. And it's a honey badger's badge. Because my boys call me a honey badger. And it says, Fear no evil. Now, you know the statement about a honey badger they're cute, but they're dangerous. I'm not calling myself cute this morning. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. But I'm a grain of sand. What Abraham was looking across, I'm one of those grains. One of those stars that Abraham was looking at, I'm one of those stars. And like Abraham had 
to go through all of those trials to recognize who Abraham was, you're going to have some trials of life. Remember this, eternal life, you always was. You have eternal life, and there's only one form of it, and that's God. You were his attribute, and he thought of you and knowed you before the foundation of the world. You were in the Lamb's book. Maybe you couldn't see yourself there, but you was there. I was looking at the picture of Brother Harold and Sister Leanne and their children this week. And I remember the vision of, of Sister Leanne being Brother Harold's wife. And, and uh, I, I remember that. And so, you know, I, I could only see that far. And so that's all he allowed me to see. But you see, God saw further than Harold and Leanne. He saw Melody and Joel. He's past your children and your grandchildren. He's been doing this since before the foundation of the world. Hallelujah. Are you with me now? Remember the statement, I came from God and I'm going back to God. Amen. The scripture says in Romans chapter 4, Therefore it is of faith that it might be by grace to the end of the promise. Be sure to all the seed, not to only that which is of the law, but that which is of the faith of Abraham, who is the father of us all. As it is written, I have made thee a father of many nations before him whom he believed, even God, who quickeneth the dead things which be as though they were. And he said, who against hope? You ever come to a dead end? Who against hope? Believed in hope that he might become the father of many nations according to that which was spoken, so shall thy seed be. And being not weak in faith, he considered not his own body, now dead, when he was about a hundred years old, neither the deadness of Sarah's womb, notice these next words, he staggered not at the promise of God. Through unbelief, but was strong in faith, giving glory to God, and being fully persuaded that what he had promised, he was able also to perform. I want you to know there's not a promise in the scriptures that God can't fulfill. Amen. Your amens ought to have been better than that. There's not a promise in the scripture that God's not able to fulfill. Now sure you're going to have some night seasons in your life. The book of life is going to talk about many things that you'll go through. Let me just give you a few examples. Sarah, that we're talking about even now, endured 90 years of the frustrating humiliation of barrenness. But God had a promise for her. Job, the, the book of Job, it tells us of all of the tragedy, the horror, because God and Satan had a meeting. God was the one that raised it up. Have you considered my servant Job? Because Satan said, I've been running to and fro in the earth, seeking whom I may devour. 
Remember, Satan's job is to kill, to steal, and destroy. So listen, don't get on his team. You may have pleasure in this life and sin in this life. Sin is pleasurable for a season. It is pleasurable. The scripture says it's pleasurable for a season. You can make it your God. And for your flesh, you'll find it pleasurable. But the end is death, separation from God. Job is there. He is rich. He has many children. His family is blessed. People of the earth come to see him and counsel with him. And one by one, trials begin to come, and he winds up on the ash heap, scratching his balls. God came to him. God came to him. And he got a revelation that he would see God. And God didn't come down and talk to him and have a pity party with him and ask him about his trials and ask him about his turmoils and ask him about the situation of life. God talked to him about eternal things. And he says, where was you, Job, when I laid the foundations of the earth? So in the midst of the darkness of your trial, in the midst of the darkness of your trial, are you with me now? Satan may take your life, but you'll step into eternal life. A lot of times we have grief here, but I want you to understand for a Christian, death is a friend. It's only a doorway we step through. It's our, it's our literal Uber driver that gets us over to that realm. Hallelujah! Where we're promised a resurrection, we'll never sorrow, we'll never ache, we'll never have a situation that we have to have crisis in ever again. Cancer will never have a hold of that body. Where was you when I laid the foundations of the earth? Isaac endured darkness of blindness. would say, now Jacob I love him. But Esau I hate him. That ought to give us confidence and grace by your sitting here today that God loves you. That's not saying that God don't love those people out there in the world. God loves the whole world but you make decisions that send you where you are. I want you to understand today God don't send you to hell. He makes a way of provision for you. You may blame your neighbor. You may blame other people for your problems. You may blame a lot of people, but look in the middle. Your worst enemy is you. Don't blame nobody else. Don't let him come out of your lips to blame somebody else. It's you. It's you. Point it to your chest. It's me. Your choices will take you somewhere in life. choose heaven. I want you to understand. I choose Jesus. Hallelujah. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, they roll off of our lips and we know them as the three Hebrew children that had to take a stand amongst all their country brethren, their government. You may have to stand against your government one of these days too. But we refuse to bend or bow. And understand this today. There's always room in your trial for the fourth man. 
faced and you may feel shut in, there's always room for Jesus in your trial. Amen. He's in the boat. Bartimaeus experienced blindness. And he spent a lifetime of blindness. But I want you to understand, one day Jesus came by and he began to scream at his opportunity. Thou son of David, have mercy upon me. Don't overlook your opportunities in life. I said this the other day, I feel impressed to say it again today. Many times the scripture says, blessed is the man that endureth in his trials. I want you to understand, God in your trials of life makes a way of escape to keep you from falling. But you need to take the way of escape. Be like Joseph and take your coat off. It may take you to prison, but I'll not defile myself. Come on, God will make a way of escape for you. Legion was found in the tombs. He was found in the tombs and demons had destroyed his family, destroyed him. Let me just say this to you, demons will destroy you in your life. They may seem innocent at first that when they come in, but lust will take you somewhere down the road. Envy will take you somewhere down the road. It don't come in and say, I'm going to destroy your life. But a little lust, a little pornographic spirit will break up your marriage. preaching to you this morning. You may hide it in your chambers, but God knows all about it. But I want you to understand you can overcome that thing through the blood of Jesus Christ. Jealousy is a green-eyed devil that will destroy you and eat the Christ out of your life. Somebody has more than you do, just say thank God that they've got more than, than what I've got, but may they have the responsibility to know how to handle it. Are you with me now? Don't be jealous. Just work harder. Amen. Be content in whatever you have. Lazarus wound up in a tomb being Jesus' very friend. Sometimes you think Jesus has forgot you, but he'll never forget you. human grab, blab, grab bag of life will take you in a lot of different directions. Just because you wind up in a nursing home facility doesn't mean God forgot you. It's just a part of Adam's curse. But you can have the angels of God visit you every day of your life and stand guard over top of you. Are you with me? Lazarus found himself in a tomb. And listen, even when Jesus came back and he begins to tell his sisters, where have you laid him? They begin to explain to him, by now he stinketh. And he asked them to roll away the stone. There's going to be times in your life that you're going to be asked to roll away the stones. Sure, Jesus could have spoken to destroy that stone in a moment's notice. But sometimes he asks you to overcome. When you come to that thing in your life and you're looking at your phone and it takes you to the wrong site, you've got to have the grit and the backbone. Come on, help me preach now. You've got to have the grit and the backbone. I'm not just talking about pornography now. I'm 
talking about those gossip sites. I'm talking about those gossip innocent like sites that hurt and break and destroy people's lives. But you've got to rise above that thing. Cast it out of your life and say, I refuse to be a slave to this enemy. Maybe you have a habit in your life and, and your thing has controlled your life and maybe it was alcoholism and it's a tough thing or smoking or, or actually drugs. It's a tough thing to overcome because addiction actually gets in your body. It can be sleep aids that can get in your body and actually become just literally just actually grip you in a such a way. Pain medicine can do the same thing. But there's sometimes you've got to come to a spot to where you've got to tell that enemy, you're not going to control my love. And listen, you've got to fall out of love with that demon and how it makes you feel because it's destroying your life. It's destroying your life. It's like bad friends. It's like the wrong kind of associates. They'll take you somewhere. Either you will influence them or they will influence you. Preaching to a whole lot of people here. Let me just say, your friends will take you somewhere spirits to get off on you. Let me just say, if you can't get it any plainer than that, you sleep with dogs, you get their fleas. Then you ask yourself, why isn't my marriage working? You got the wrong kind of friends. Sometimes you got to look at your friends and say, hey, we can't go the same way. I serve God. I'm not the old man that I used to be. Listen, God's got unlimited power here. Amen. Yes, sir. And we're talking about overcoming. We can talk about Abraham overcoming, Job overcoming, Isaiah overcoming, all of these biblical persons overcoming. They didn't have halos. They didn't have wings. They were men and women just like me and you. They had to make choices. God asked them to have only one God. He asked them to put him first. Listen, if you can't put God first in your life, you will wind up in disaster no matter what you do. Amen. You can't put him first. I'll serve God when I get time. Find it amazing that Elvis Presley's last words, he's He's talking about, I can't get to God. Three different preachers were praying for him. I can't get to God because I sold out. I sold my birthright. I sold my birthright. Listen, in hell, Cadillacs won't mean much. Popularity won't mean much. Brother Ron, you're not the judge. Oh, no. No, I'm not the judge. And I'm glad I'm not the judge right now. But your life is the judge. And once you're in that dimension, you can't fix this dimension. Come on, you're only mortal once. Help me preach now. 
I'm on a line. I'm, I'm chasing. T-shirts, hats. Remember different characters, Marilyn Monroe, Dale Earnhardt. For racing fans, I've almost committed a, an atrocity right there. I heard so many people talk about a man that was going to heaven, but he was flying a bird the last second that he left. Your life will be your worst enemy. Once you're standing in that dimension, your life that you live here, don't blame your mama, don't blame your daddy. Help me preach. I'm going to preach next week on a man up. It's time for the bride of Jesus Christ to man up. It's time to fight the devil on his ground and take the offensive. I might as well carry this everywhere I go. I'm licensed to fight the devil. For those that don't know, it was badger skins that was around the inside of the holies of holies. That was the town, what the tent was made of, was badger skins. So God hid himself behind badger skins in the Old Testament. Are you with me now? So he's hiding himself behind badger skins here today. Isaiah said, we did esteem him smitten and afflicted of God, yet he was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of our peace was upon him, and with his stripes we were healed. The perfect image of the God-man, God in Morpha, had changed from the supernatural to the vision, and the vision was projected into the image, and the image was smitten so that the supernatural could taste the feeling of death. God's perfect masterpiece. You wasn't God. You're displayed through your father and your mother and the lineage all the way down, and you came. God knew what day you would be born. He knew what hour that you would be born. He knew what minute you'd be born. He knew your hair color. He knew your eye color. He knew your disposition. He knew all the ins and outs about you. Remember, in your natural, you was made like that. But God deposited a seed, so he knows what's laying on the inside of you. He deposited a seed of eternal life, and one day it becomes quickened in your life, and you become transformed more than vows, more than turning over a new leaf. But you become a new creature in Jesus Christ. God don't rapture you in a moment right after you become born again and recognize who you are. Now you begin overcoming. Now you become overcoming. Brother Ron, it feels like sometimes in a war. Welcome to reality. Remember time intercepts with prophecy. The word becomes reality. Spoken words that were thoughts now come to pass. And it comes to pass in your life. 
because God's not going to rapture books, tapes, pictures on the wall, statues. He's going to rapture human vessels. When he was on earth, he said, he said, he cut through every sin of superstition, every doubt, and made a prayer line from earth to glory in his ascension. For those people that don't believe in prayer lines, for those preachers that don't believe in prayer lines, you're the devil, first of all. You need to get that unbelief off of your life. But he cut through every superstition and every doubt and made a prayer line from earth to glory in his ascension. And he went up and sat down at the right hand of the majesty, overcomer, the mighty conqueror. Absolutely, death couldn't hold him. Hell couldn't hold him. Earth couldn't hold him. I feel like about 10,000 volts is up here right now. And when he was here on earth, he was given, he was given the lowest in the city to the lowest people, and he can't give to the lowest, and that was what name had done to him. He went to Jericho, the lowest city. The smallest man had to climb up in a tree to come down to, to look down at him. That's where man put him. He was a foot wash flunky. The worst job that he could be given. He became the lowest. He became the lowest name that could ever be given. Beelzebub, the prince of devils. Man gave him the lowest name, the lowest place, and sent him to the lowest regions of the lowest hell. God raised him up and sent him to the highest heavens and a name of a name above every name. He would have to look down to see heaven. Thy throne is exalted above the heavens of the heaven and the greatest name that was ever named in heaven and earth. He said that's what God did to him. Man put him at the lowest and God made him the highest from the lowest to the highest. Last night you heard about your gutter life. Your gutter life. God knew where you was at. And an unlimited God that has purpose in your life raises you up. Are you with me? He don't just raise you up to see if he can. He raises you up because he's got a purpose in your life. Now notice beautiful how the scripture so gives us these wonderful promises and every promise in the book belongs to the believer you people here in the country's apple raisers as I understand you have a lot of agriculture raising fruit you know when that little apple tree is just about one half of one inch that every bushel of apples that will ever come off of that tree is in it right then little bitty microscopic seed every apple is in it right then you're talking about an unlimited God God didn't make the earth just hand them an apple <laughs> it was evolution hand 
in the Manapal. Every, the thousands of bushels is inside of that seed. You can't number the trees that's on the inside of that. Brother Ron, that's way off. Abraham was standing childless and God said, count the sand of the sea. Count the stars of the heaven. Every blossom is in it. Every branch is in them right then. Tell me where it comes from. Where's it at? Where does it come from? What do you do? You take the little seed, you plant it, that little tree comes up and it's planted and you have to keep watering it. It has to drink more of the portion. It has to drink and drink and drink so much till it pushes out and it pushes out limbs. It pushes out leaves. It pushes out apples. It's all in it. God give you everything that you need for life's journey in the baptism of the Holy Ghost. But you got to do some drinking to push it out. Every word of God is a seed. And if that seed can be planted, it's the inexhaustible. The inexhaustible fountain of life, which is Christ. The believer has to drink beyond his imagination. Drink and push out. Push out everything that you have need of because it's in you. Listen, quit begging from God. Just keep drinking. Just quit. Just keep drinking. We're planted together in Christ. And he is the inexhaustible fountain of life. Everything you have need of is in him. And don't never be afraid to ask big things. Say this with me. And don't never be afraid to ask big things. Don't never be afraid to ask big things. Hey, listen, some of you are not getting it. Some of you are lazy. I want you to speak over to your neighbor. Don't never be afraid to ask big things. running and I might. God wants you to ask big things. He he don't want you to be some little petty juvenile. He wants you to ask big things that your joy may be filled. piece of advice and I want you to listen real good you don't have to amen you don't have to jump and shout but pay zero attention to people that are always caught up on petty stupid things don't let their jealousy and their nonsense even stay in your ears. Because most 
likely they're not headed where you're headed anyway. So don't give it any energy. Soak it in like I'm doing this coke. Brother Ron, I don't believe in preachers drinking coke. I don't believe in sugar diabetes either, but God bless you, Brother Ed. Sometimes I forget where I'm at. Now listen, I only have just three or four trucks, and so Brother Aiden has asked to borrow my truck this week to go up to Big Meadows, so he'll have that this week, and maybe you just put your put your name down on the list to borrow my truck for I'm preaching against about scars, so you know, that fell right in there. Imagine a little fish about that big, way out yonder in the Atlantic Ocean, saying, I better drink just a little bit of this water. I might run out. Could you imagine a little mouse about, about that big down there in the gars of Egypt saying, I just better eat two grains a day because I might run out before summertime? That's nonsense. That's not, I want you to think about this. We're dealing with an unlimited God. And Brother Branham uses the example of a fish in the ocean and a mouse in the gars of Egypt. And you're a son and daughter of God that has more authority than an archangel in heaven. There's unlimited promises at your resource. This is your, this is your book. This is your holy land. This is everything. This is your title deed. Not just one scripture. Not just one promise. You're living a defeated life. Won't you just start writing down promise scriptures? Won't you just start writing them down? Won't you just start quoting it to yourself? Do you know why we sing? We come in and we sing. It's singing a testimony. There is going to be a meeting in the air. And we sing the testimony. And it reminds our soul and our ears that I'm a part of that. Brother Ron, I don't, I don't like singing. Don't go to heaven. I don't like loud music. Don't go to heaven. This is the quietest world you'll ever be in. But if you go to hell, you're in trouble there. Because there's going to be screaming and gnashing of teeth. And everybody's going to be an enemy. But you don't have to go to hell. God's made a way of provision. And he said, I am the way. I am the truth. Amen, and I don't like people shouting. I don't like all that. Don't go to hell. Don't go to heaven. 
But let me remind you of one scripture that says, let everything that hath breath praise you the Lord. And I want you to remind you, the only excuse you have for not praising God is if you're clinically dead. And I, as your people, as your pastor, when I look out and you got your head between your knees and you're always sulking, I just consider you dead. One day I'll bury you in a casket. But until then, raise up and live. You got an opportunity to praise God. Now's your time. The scripture says, to him that overcometh will I grant to sit with me in my throne. To him that overcometh, put your name in the scripture. Even as I also overcame and sat down with my father in his throne. I want to remind you of a few things. We are pre-planned. We are built to overcome. So quit acting like you're defeated and rise up and take your place in the scriptures. If a book of Acts is going to be written behind it, let them write a scripture about you overcoming in your life. You're called, you're elected to this place. You've been anointed to meet the challenge of the hour. You've been given all the equipment that you need in the word of God. God has not equipped you just to fight with a rock or even a sling, but you've given everything in the Word to to fight at your disposal. The Scripture says that we are going to be the overcomers of this age. That's regardless of the situation. He sung about champions. We're the champions of this age. We have met the challenge and we overcome. I want to challenge you this morning. If you keep falling down, keep getting back up. Just because you got knocked down in the second round, get up. Get up. If nobody else is screaming to you and trying to help you, I want to scream to you this morning. Get up. Don't lay there in sin. Get up. Get up. Get up. I'm not your enemy and I'm not your judge. I don't want to be your critic, but you don't have to live in sin. Get up! Get up! doctor told me the doctor told me Thursday said you're driven he told two other of his associates this is the sickest man that comes to this place said but look at him he's a picture of health he's repeated that three different times he's told six different doctors the very same thing he said but he's driven He just stopped. I thought, well, won't you just preach? You in a bow tie, won't you preach? <laughs> he said he's driven. Yeah. I know where his church is. Yeah. 
He's actually told me he's listened to some of these sermons. If he's listening today, compliment you, Dr. Cropley. I want you to understand. He said, this man's driven. He walks two miles a day. He's given my testimony. This man is known around the world. His words. I'm not embellishing. I don't lie. It may be in the notes somewhere or another. But he did. Listen, the world will have you give a testimony. Them give a testimony about you. What do your friends say about you? Let's just give them a microphone. What will they say about you? I'm not talking about your critic. I'm talking about your friend. What will they say about you? This young man's been with us, basically lived in our home since the diagnosis and had some incredibly low times. You know, some of you, some of you no doubt have different wars. And I wouldn't want to walk yours and you wouldn't want to walk mine. But he, Brother Gabriel has been with us through the whole time. And he, he's, seen, he's seen the journey. First six months was incredibly difficult. As a matter of fact, it was hard for me to get out of a recliner because my energy was so low. It was in one of the lowest days. I would, I would calculate one of the lowest days sitting in that recliner with the devil whispering in my ear. You know, isn't he stupid? Isn't he stupid? He should have known this was coming. But it didn't look to him like this was coming because he can't see that. Uh, there's a sermon there. It's called Satan can't see your future, so he has to fight with you where you're at. And God just so put it on Brother Aiden's heart to call me, FaceTime me, and I answered. And he said, Brother Ron, you've always wanted to come to the greenhouse to see the miracle, but today I'm going to give you a tour of the miracle. He's got, he's got family. None of his family is ever there at the same time. On this day, it's unchoreographed. He starts walking and every one of his family members are there. So as he's walking and he comes to a section, maybe it's the roses or maybe it's a different flower, maybe it's this one, there would be somebody there that was working and they would stop and, and talk to me and say, Brother Ron, we love you. We love you with all of our hearts. We love you. We thank you. Come on, church. Come on, church. You guys are amazing upstairs. Can Edmonton see that? All right. So, listen, he toured me. He didn't know I was having my lowest day. But God put it on his heart. Come on. To tour me through five acres of greenhouse. And people told me they love me. They love me. They love me. They're praying for me. And I got to see all of his family. Amen. Amen. 
Let me just say, when the devil tells you you're all alone, let me just say, there's a great cloud of witnesses that are with you. Hallelujah. Give the Lord a great big hand right there. Congressman Upshaw for decades that sat in a wheelchair was debilitated. We could talk about Georgia Carter. That was a little girl that was nine years in a bed and read a promise book and, and that she prayed that God would send a deliverer and God came on the scene for her. We could talk about a blind man in Bombay or a blind man in Mexico or a woman with a dead baby. We could talk about Hattie Wright and her two sons coming to the Lord. We could talk about Sister Mita and the tumor that was on her on her on her ovaries. We could talk about the Memphis woman that was praying, where's my Elijah at? We could talk about the storm being spoken out of existence. We could talk about the three squirrels that came into existence. We could talk about King George being prayed for that was debilitated. King George, yes, Elizabeth's father. King George that was prayed for. Brother Brandon prayed for him. The next day, a cripple man goes plays golf. This was not done in a, in a, in a backwoods somewhere or another, but around the world seven times. Hundreds of thousands of cases stood on the platform and they heard their name called, their address called. And let me just say this, it was more than a prayer. It was a deliverance. They came into the service, go thy way. As your faith is, so be it done unto you. Their faith was raised. God knew their name. God knew their condition. And walked across that platform Brother Bram being the brother uh, the, the prophet of the hour and the gift was on display those people knew they had met more than a man they met God I'd say tonight I felt him here last night I feel him here this morning it's more than a church service more than a man but God's on the scene We heard sermons like the seven seals, the church ages. Who is this Melchizedek? We heard God is revealed in his own word. We heard God is his own interpreter. Mighty God unveiled the token, the masterpiece. We heard all of these messages. It didn't come from the mind of a man. It came from God. God was equipping you. He was equipping you to overcome. Listen, the potential is in you. God don't have to deposit more. It's already in you. I won't be much longer. You don't need to have to be pumped up every service. You shouldn't need to be primed. The seed has already got life on the inside of it. Every resource is at your disposal. God will give you the strength and the energy like he's given me over the last year and a half. I made a decision one day. Many of you know that I was walking before. I walked for for a few years. Walked every day on a treadmill. Walked up, walked up and down my driveway. Walked wherever I went. I, 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 let me just say this to you. I, 
I, I knew I needed to be healthy. I knew I needed, my family has had heart conditions in their lives and I was fighting my natural DNA, not realizing that there was little cells of cancer that was in there. And so for about, about six months, I wasn't able, I didn't have the strength. I'll be honest with you, I didn't have the strength I'd come and sit in this, in this church and many times during COVID, I'd come and sit right there and I'd sit there and literally pray that I could keep my head up in service. I preached and hung on to this pulpit and I hung on this pulpit not knowing how long I could preach or how long, but does it sound like today that I'm a stage fourth cancer? speech here just right now. You might be struggling. You say, well, Brother Ron, I can't walk two miles, three miles. I can't walk that much a day. Walk a tenth. Put one foot in front of the other and walk a tenth. And tomorrow walk two tenths. And the next while I walk a quarter of a mile. And the next next walk walk a half a mile and the next day walk a come on church I don't care if you have to quit turn around sit down for two hours walk this time listen hang with me just a few more minutes walk be determined I'm going to do more tomorrow than I did today just keep walking brother Ron I can't do that swing your arms you're in a wheelchair swing your arms if all you can do is move your finger I got a quote now all you can do is move your finger move that finger and have faith tomorrow you'll have two fingers moving and before long you'll have a hand moving in an easier way. I'm just not interested. Forgive me. I'm going to take you back in my young life. I wasn't interested in coming into church and sitting down folding my arms. Watching the clock. If that's your interest here, go home. Go home. Leave. 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 We're not interested in people who want to be halfway Christians. We want real Christians. If you're God somewhere else, go serve him. Go serve him. But I got news for you. A ball will not give you eternal life. 
Rock and roll music will not give you eternal life. Dressing like a Jezebel, it won't give you eternal life. Jesus will. We're not interested in an easier way. It'll be offered, but we're not interested. I was offered politics many years ago, but I wasn't interested. Listen, I don't want to be a professional liar. If they give you enough money, you'll lie. You'll twist the truth to fix it. Are you with me? You can put an Abraham Lincoln and a George Washington into every county. And it won't turn this nation around. Only Jesus is the answer. The scripture says, be ye therefore ready. For in such an hour as you think not the Son of Man cometh. Let me just advise you. I would be it intensity when I walked into service many years ago I took notes before I was ever a preacher because I felt like God was going to speak to me whoever if they could not preach their way out of a paper bag somewhere in that service if I pulled hard enough God was going to speak to my life but I had to be attentive yeah if you walk out of this building today and say, I didn't get nothing, it's because you didn't put nothing in. You see, if you don't plant some corn seed, you will not have a harvest in the fall. Don't expect tomatoes if you don't plant them. Don't become, allow church to become common. Now let me just give you some pointers here and then, then I'm going to give you just a couple more things. Don't allow church to become common. Don't come here and look over and see what so-and-so's got on to wear. You'd shoot me and I wouldn't, couldn't tell you. Somebody told me the other day you preached in the same suit. Well, that's all right. I like it. I, I like it, and it fits. It's not falling off. It fits. Don't have a low, whole lot of holes in it. I really like it. I got anointed in it last time. I feel like I'll get anointed in it this time. It doesn't matter if both of my socks are the same color. So many people are looking for carnal things. Now I brought you to a trap. You can hear a sermon for about an hour and remember the carnal part of that. Two weeks ago, some of you were mesmerized by kissing under stars. And that's all you got out of a service called unlimited. I got hundreds of texts about a carnal statement. But it was a trap. Come on, church. You've got to get beyond your
way, you need to kiss under the stars your wife. If you ain't done it for a while, try it out. It works. Well, glory. you. <laughs> He's slapping his knee right now. Now, I like what God's vision is. Amen. I really like God's vision. Yes, sir. So I want to, you got a few more minutes. Amen. You know, I, I know you come to the same church and you, this is home to you and it's home to you in Edmonton, home to you in, in Ireland, home to you. And in Belgium, it's home to you wherever you're at. This is your evening service in most places. And God bless you. I love you with all my heart. Even in New Zealand and Australia. And God bless you for being in our services. But I like it when God says, this is what I see for your future. And I want to give it to you. I want to give it to you in his form. And I saw a new heaven. And a new earth. For the first heaven and the first earth were passed away, and there was no more sea. And I, John, saw the holy city, the new Jerusalem, coming down from God out of heaven, prepared as a bride adorned for her husband. And I heard a great voice out of heaven saying, Behold, the tabernacle of God is with men. Your amens would be wonderful right now. And he will dwell with them, and they shall be his people, and God himself shall be with them and be their God. God shall wipe away all tears from their eyes and there shall be no more death neither sorrow nor crying neither shall there be any more pain for the former things are passed away and he that sat upon the throne said behold I make all things new and he said unto me write these things are true and faithful and he said unto me it is done I am Alpha and Omega the beginning and the end I will give unto him that is a thirst the fountain of water of life freely and he I want you to read your name right there. If you let's just take a moment, read your name, and I want you to quote yourself right there. Ron Spencer, overcoming, shall inherit all things, and I will be his God, and he shall be my son. I'm not going to get all this. Is he going to live? I'm not going to get all this, so maybe I'll put this in next week. But <laughs> Can you give me about one more minute? Can you help me this last minute? going to be good. I like it when I know what's here and you don't. <laughs> he is the first and the last. Yes. He is the beginning and the end. Yes. He is the keeper of the creation. Yes. 
He is the creator of it all. He always was. He always is. I like this last part. He always will be. To our friends that are here this morning, and God bless you, glad to have you. Sometimes I'm wilder than this. It'll be okay. <laughs> Unmoved, he's unchanged, he's undefeated, and he's never undone. He was bruised, and he brought our healing. He was pierced, and he eased our pain. He was persecuted and brought our freedom. He was dead, and he brought life. He is risen, and he brings us power. He reigns, and he brings us peace. The world can't understand him. The armies can't defeat him. Schools can't explain him. Leaders can't ignore him. Herod couldn't kill him. Pharisees couldn't confuse him. People couldn't hold him. Nero could not crush him. Hallelujah. He is light, love, longevity, and he is my God. He is goodness and kindness and gentleness. He's God. He is holy. He is righteous. He is mighty. He is powerful. He is pure. His words are right. His words are eternal. His will is unchanging. His mind is on me. I love that. His mind. He's not too busy keeping the worlds and the stars spinning at the right orbit. Keeping the sea at its right inches. Waves go out, waves come back in. Waves go out, waves come back in. He feeds the sparrow, but he's not too busy to think about me. Oh, glory. He is eternal. What else can be said? He is unchanging. He is my Savior. He is my God. He is my peace. He is my joy. He is my comfort. He is my Lord. He rules my life. You're here to fulfill his will. Just walk unconscious of fear. Walk as you walk with God. Walk with him. I just give you all kind of descriptions of God. He's good to walk with. Walk with him. Pay no attention to the right hand or the left hand. Just keep moving on. If something comes up in the church, walk with God. If sickness strikes you, walk with God. If the neighbor don't like you, walk with God. Just keep walking with God. The doctor says you're going to die. Walk with God. I'm living proof this works. I went a long way past when they said I'd going to die. But I'm enjoying living. Doctor says you can't get well. Walk with God. Walk with God. For God has promised you I'll never leave you nor forsake you. I'll be with you to the end of the world. He took an oath and signed a covenant with you. You're going to have your ups and downs. 
You're going to go through some briar patches and over some sharp rocks and over bluffs and down the hillsides and up the mountains and over waters. But walk with God. Just keep walking. I told you a little while ago, you may just walk a tenth, but walk with God. You might just walk a quarter of a mile. Walk with God. I follow him because he is the wisdom of the wise. He is the power of the powerful. He is the ancient of the days. He's the ruler of the rulers. He's the leader of the leaders. He is the overseer of the overcomers. And if it seems impressive to you, try on his size. He will never leave you. He'll never forsake you. He'll never mislead you. He'll never forget you. He'll never overlook you. He'll never cancel his appointment with you. When I fall, he lifts me up. When I fail, he forgives me. When I'm weak, he is strong. When I'm lost, he is my God. When I'm afraid, he is courage. When I stumble, he steadies me. When I am hurt, he heals me. When I am broken, he mends me. When I'm blind, he leads me. When I'm hungry, he feeds me. When I face trials, he's with me. When I face persecution, he comforts me. When I face problems, he provides a way for me. When I face loss, he restores it. When I face death, he carries me home. Amen. Let's stand to our feet. I believe it could be said right there, he is my everything. I want to read you one more scripture. For those that know me well, knows this is one of my favorites. Isaiah chapter 54, which is written right after Isaiah chapter 53, that says he was wounded for our transgressions and bruised for our iniquities. Isaiah 54 and verse 16 says, Behold, I have created the smith that bloweth the coals in the fire and bringeth forth an instrument for his work. And I have created the waster to destroy no weapon that is formed against thee shall prosper. And every tongue that shall rise against thee in the judgment thou shalt condemn. God has raised you up. You're sitting in Edmonton today and you're standing where you're standing. God's raised you up to be an overcomer. He's given purpose in your life to be an overcomer. Take responsibility for the 24 hours in the day that God has given you and say, this is the day that the Lord has made. I will rejoice and be glad in it. Maybe you need a rekindling in your life. You need a refreshing of the Holy Ghost in your life. It's there for you. Maybe you've tried and you fell down. Get back up again. I want to encourage you. I want to encourage you. Get back up again. Turn to your neighbor and say, time to get back up. Let's get back up. I want a refilling of the Holy Ghost.
tongues like never before. God stir a personal revival in my life. God help me. God help me to raise the banner of Jesus Christ like never before. How important is this service? I want to go to where I started. How important was the service that Brother Aiden sat in? And I'm sure he had dozens of excuses why not to come. But he came to that service and in a sovereign moment, let me say this to you, one moment can change your it a couple different ways. Satan can turn your life around in one moment too and destroy you. Prison set full of good people that made a really bad mistake. But you can turn that thing around and say, God changed my life. You're an unlimited God. God changed my life. How can I preach it so passionate? He changed mine. And if he could change mine, he could change yours. I'm waiting on your response now. God, God changed my life. God, God, take me from what I am. Listen, 10 years from now, I don't want to be where I'm at right now. I want, I want to be a better Christian. I want to be a better preacher. I, I, want to be, I, I want to serve God better than I've ever served him in my life. I can look back. I don't have to go back two or three days. I can look back and see where I failed, but I got back up. I can see where thoughts went through my mind that, hey, listen, I'm not alone. So sometimes what we need is just a holy consecration to God and say, God, fill me. I'm just going to be honest. You know, the greatest key to getting to God is being honest. And let me give you something in case you don't know. He already knows. (laughs) Well, I didn't have to be that smart to get that. He already knows. Amen. <laughs> he already knows. He's just waiting for you to get the courage. To speak to him and say, hey God, I got a problem. He already knows. God, I don't know how to say it to you, but I'm dealing with this in my life. He already knows. God, I've got something on the inside of me, and I know you keep turning up the heat until it comes out. He already knows. God, you know what it's going to take to put me in the rapture. Now, God, you do whatever you need to do to get me there. Brother Ed, Brother Harold, I. If it would be okay, maybe I'll just accept my invitation for next year, standing here. and Maybe we'll do this in person. Would that be okay we'll do this in person? And, uh, would y'all all like to come? And somebody's going to be left out if I do that in person. But uh, So, hey, let's just fix it. Let's have a meeting in the air.
Here's what I want you to do. I want you to do some homework. You've sat and you've been patient. You've listened to me preach over an hour today. I apologize for that. You'll get overtime. <laughs> but let me say this to you. I want you to do some homework. I would like for you to take the words that I've said to you today that are unlimited in power. And I'd like for you this week to work on it. How do I work on it, Brother Ron? There's promises in the book. Read them. Amen. There's tapes. Listen to them. Yeah. Are you with me? Listen, read your Bible and pray. And when you're talking to God, talk to Him very honestly and very sincerely. Like I have many times over the last year. Lord, if you want me to continue preaching, you've got to give me the strength. And He does. I love you. God loves you. And I hope your neighbor loves you. Amen. God bless you. Give the Lord a good hand this evening.
Good times and bad. 